Welcome back to the movement, everybody. I want to say I'm very happy. We got a very honored guest today. We have Andrew Estefanos, the one and only CEO of Vitality. Yep. Right? He's doing crazy things right now at this point. He's just a business. I'm not even going to call you a physiotherapist. <laughs> you know that, eh? Yeah, of course. Of course. Hashtag, I say by trade. By trade, I'm a physiotherapist. Hashtag Mr. Therapy. Let's get the mic right in front of you. Yes, buddy. exactly. There exactly. you go. So welcome aboard, man. I was excited oh, thank you, to man. have I'm you. excited to be on here. Obviously, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of people I know that have been on it as well. Antonio's my close boy. He's a great yeah, guy, man. Yeah, and of course, uh, Moses uh, Musa. So I got to call Antonio's again, but I was literally asking. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, where's that? Do you have anybody that's interesting or whatever? And he's like, oh, let me see. Yeah. And then Moses says uh, he was talking to you about For it. For sure, yeah. I'm we, like, we've well, done some I work love in the Moses, past. by the way. He's an amazing guy. You know, Fantastic. he's doing a lot of things, too. I'm proud to see what he's doing. We worked with him in the past, of course, with uh, some social media stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, we know the the industry's changing, right? We have to change with the ways. Like, so why physiotherapy? Honestly, you know, I'll start with my story. Like realistically, when I when I was in school, I was in high school. I was big into sports. Played hockey and soccer. Really big into it. Jock. Um, you know, in school, I was just I was just I was just say I was naturally good at like studies, like. I was really good at sciences, biochemistry. We should have like, been we should have been desk buddies because I was the pure opposite. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just it came notes. to me. It just came to me. I don't know. I found things a little bit easier. So that's incredible. Yeah, then I went to university. I went to the university, Carlton University. I took biochem. Uh, I really enjoyed biology Watch at that out, time. Guys, he's a raven, eh? Yeah, <laughs> he's a raven. Exactly. And uh, you know, okay, from there, like I was playing hockey at the time. School was going okay. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like, of course, when you're in sciences, you're doing a lot of labs. I never really enjoyed the labs. You know, you're in there for like three, four I was hours. Ask, did you ever even enjoy them? No, honestly, I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, the thing is, programs in Canada are so developed to like, they're so generalized, right? To like bio, like, well, what are you going to go into? What do I want to be a scientist? Like, what do I want to do? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until I got hurt in hockey. So I dislocated my shoulder where I actually had to had to go to physio. And I didn't really know what physiotherapy was. So I'm like, I go into this, this place, you know, I see a younger guy there, kind of my age now, maybe a little bit younger. And he was helping me. He's helping me. He's like rehabilitating my shoulder, explaining everything to me. He was chill. We're having like good conversations just like we are now. Wow, and I'm like, wow, this guy, it's a great job. I'm like, how much do you get paid? <laughs> and he's telling me. And I'm like, you know, not bad. Are we disclosing salaries here? Uh, well, well, hold on, off a little bit. Get everybody in trouble. Right? Hold off. You know, I might have some staff members that Take listen to Take it easy, bro, before you get yourself <laughs> into problems. Absolutely. So I all went from there. I got hurt. And then actually my brother's a physiotherapist as well. Who's a, he's actually a partner of the business as well. Uh, he went to Scotland and then uh, he's like, you know what? I'm enjoying it here. I love it. He's like, why don't you just come and do physiotherapy? I'm like, you know what? I've been enjoying like my physio sessions. He got me back to playing playoff hockey. I'm not hurt That's anymore. Incredible. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go. So I actually left in my last year of Carlton. I'm like, let's go. I went to Scotland. I went to Glasgow. And then it all went from there. Did you guys have any family there? It was just something that you just wanted no to No family at all. To be honest, if my brother wasn't there, I probably would have went somewhere else. Like That's Glasgow nice. was great. Why but though? Like out of all places. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> why out of all places? I don't know. He was there. So that made the difference for me. Like, honestly, I probably would have looked into other things. But I'm like, you know what? My, bro- my older brother is there. We're close. We're like three years in difference. We're really close. We used to go out with each other and so on. So we, had a, we have a close relationship. So who thought of putting this firm together? Vitality is a great name, by the way. You know what? It was actually like a very big critique on names, and it's a fantastic name, bro. Absolutely, it was actually my idea because Stephen, who my brother, he was a partner with, uh, you know, Prophysio. You probably see them all around with the they, yellow sign. Exactly. Yeah. So they have like thirty clinics in Ottawa. Uh, he was a partner with them at uh, their Kempo location. Okay. So 
ideally how it all started when I was in school, you know, I'm like, you know what, when I'm done, like I was very ambitious. Like I always wanted to, like I'm competitive, right? You play sports, you find, I you feel the sports, fire on you, you right now. You're bro. always competitive. I feel you want to create heat. change. So when I came back, I'm like, I want to be the best. You know, when you go to school, you learn something new, even in the trades, right? You're like, I want to be the best, right? Oh, he and exposed me now. Everyone now knows I'm in the trades. <laughs> <laughs> I was hiding that, you know what I mean? Go ahead, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you want to be the best. You want to create change. And then when you came, when I came back from school, I started to work in the industry and realized, like, man, it's so, like, old. Like, it's, like, nothing's yeah. changed. It hasn't innovated in any way. Like, everything's open concept, curtains. You were seeing patients. Like, I was seeing, like, I remember when I first started, I was seeing, like, four patients an hour. And I went from learning everything in school, but like, you know, let's talk about evidence-based. Let's talk about everything's about exercise. Exercise is what gets people better. Movement, um, even working some manual therapy, using those skills. And I found when I came back, everything was about time management. Like I was literally just seeing people like a windmill and just next, next, next. And the whole day I felt like I was looking at my watch, just trying to manage my time and my day just to get through it. So it was just like a drive-thru at this point. It was a drive-thru. It's like from a business perspective and a business model, great. But from a experience perspective terrible like i'm not developing myself i'm actually losing my skills because i'm just going through it so quickly and i wasn't learning anything so as myself i knowing me when i don't like something i change did you feel like a lot of the practical knowledge was very different than the theoretical knowledge in terms of yeah because the thing is you learn a lot from experience you learn That's all this fact. theory stuff right where are you, you from by the way background yeah egyptian yes yes <laughs> we got another medal here yeah, so. Hold on, do you identify as Arab or African? Oh, mixed, depending on who I'm talking uh, to. I love, bro, the other day I got punked off. I saw this Egyptian guy. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, man. it's all good. It's I all was good. just telling my boy this the other day that's uh, Egyptian. Yeah. And I said, Maghribi. I'm like, oh, uh, oh, Masri, sorry. Masri, I said, it's yes. Masri. I'm like, beautiful. I'm like, yo, we have another Arab here. He's like, yeah. don't you ever call me an effing Arab, bro. I'm yes. African. I'm like, whoa, buddy. You know, Relax. it's funny. People don't, people like to, like in, in Egypt, they don't like to be called Arab. Like Interesting. they don't like it. Yeah, I never knew. It. yeah, absolutely. Like this for some reason like to separate themselves. Um because you guys Egyptians. feel like you're on the top of the, it's the it. sports Kings of world Africa. In Africa. Oh my god, bro. <laughs> Sorry, continue on your story. Yeah, practical, theory, yeah. <laughs> theoretical, Egyptian based. Yeah, that's it. You know, you um, should have called it Pharaoh's Pharaoh's Clinic, you know. Well, I mean? you know what's funny? Egyptians, there's four jobs in or maybe five jobs. Egyptians are pharmacists. Doctors, engineers, physiotherapists, and engineers. Like that's that's the main job. That's all we learn about, Crazy, right? Man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I came back from Scotland, I, I started my career actually in Toronto. I moved to Toronto. I wanted to be in Toronto. You know, Toronto's the big city. I want to get out of Ottawa because I was away Sucks. from Ottawa. And sometimes when you come back to your hometown, you feel like things don't develop and change. So you're like, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'll have a little bit more opportunity. I agree with that. Um, but doing that, I realized like in Toronto, like I said, the model is really old and different. So I actually jumped around from clinic to clinic trying to find what I thought physiotherapy should be, or even like healthcare as a whole yeah. should be like, and I didn't really find it. So I went around the big clinics. So the big clinics are these like bigger companies like LifeMark and so on. These are the big companies. CBI and or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So I went around to all those clinics and don't get me wrong. They do things right. I'm not saying they do mm. everything wrong, but there's things that could definitely be better. Right. So from there, like I'm the kind of guy that analyzes a lot. I like to look at things and see like, well, what do I like? and What don't I like? And I made notes and throughout time, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take all the things I do like that they're doing and the things that I don't like. And then I'm going to create my own thing. You're just upgrading the game. Just change it. Well, people like people value 
people give value to experiences, right? Think about it. Like yourself or myself, I would pay to go do something if I see value in it. Absolutely. Right. But because the, the industry is so based on insurance, you didn't have to give value because everyone's covered. Oh, majority of the people have coverage and X, Y, and Z and this and that. So we took away experience just to give a treatment where a lot of people would say, you know what, I don't, I don't believe in physio. I don't believe in Cairo. I don't believe in massage because they were just going in and getting a treatment. It was just a service that they were getting and whether the quality was good or not, it didn't matter. Right. Cause everyone was kind of doing the same thing. Is Vitality the same in terms of insurance? They take on insurance work? We do. Like- yeah, absolutely. We take on private insurance, but our basis and what are we trying to do with our team is, is build that we're trying to focus at the end of the day, we're service-based, right? We offer physiotherapy, offer massage, Cairo, osteo. You're just a business guy at this point. Psychotherapy, all this stuff, this right? This guy is incredible, guys. But think about this. It's like, what's going to separate us from the clinic down the street? There's a clinic on every corner these days. Yeah, that's true. Right? And the only difference is going to be the experience, right? How do they experience our service? How do they experience our brand? Or how do they experience our clinicians? So right? you're very focused on the user experience first? Absolutely. The experience, the well, think about this. You have a Holiday Inn, you have the Ritz-Carlton, That's right? True. What's the difference? At the end of the day, you're going to a, a room with a bed, you're going to sleep in it, you're going to wake up the next day. So you know, it's a place to stay overnight. What's the service? But the difference is the experience that the Ritz-Carlton provides. So not only by the first phone call that you have with them, the way you see their website, the way that they greet you when you walk in, the impressed. way the room looks, the way the building looks, the way the comfort of the bed, the sheets, every single thing put, goes into that experience. And the difference between both is there's a price difference. People will pay, if, especially if they're traveling, people yeah. will pay for that better experience if they value it. So how many clinics? We're up to five? We're four? up to four right now. Four. And we have a fifth one opening this year. God bless. Where the, where's that location going to be? I can't say it yet. I can't talk too much Come about on. it. But Shut it the cameras off. <laughs> man. I, I, I'm getting first scoop. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll be giving you an update in the next month or so. Guys, he's gonna let us know as soon as we finish this pod. We're not gonna tell you nothing. We're like, we're like a, we're like the, the Knox, bro. We're like a vault. Uh, absolutely. Good for yeah. you, man. So that's so gonna be number five. Number five, yes. Let me ask you this: since you're an employer, yep. Right, as an employer, one of the biggest things is you want to try to entice your staff to stick with this business and buy into the vision. Absolutely. The fact that you were doing all the bouncing around, what was that? How, give your experiences in terms of. Should they also bounce around to see and find the clinic that they want to be in or kind of just stick out with one and see how it goes from there and build some build a portfolio? No, absolutely. The thing is, you want to find a place where you have opportunity to grow. Right. And the reason why I bounced around because I didn't feel valued myself. Right. I wanted mentorship. They everyone threw the word mentorship around a lot. No one ever delivered on it. Right. So I wanted to find a place where. They would follow through on what they said. So and if they tell sorry, let's define the mentorship part. Yeah. So we can give real context. So mentorship is like, so when I, as a new graduate, you know, physiotherapist, you need mentorship on guidance on like, well, first, how are I going to communicate with patients? Because right. in the private world, it's not like OHIP, right? Where people can go, people just stick on to their plans. If a doctor gives a prescription, the patient's going to follow it to full capacity. In physio or even anything like Cairo and so on, you need to learn how to communicate with people. You need to learn how to connect with people. And not only the communication aspect, but I also need hands-on aspect. Right. It's cool they teach us theory and they teach us practical, all in perfect environments, right? So I need to learn how to adapt my treatment to different people. I need to learn different manual therapy skills because they teach us like the basis of the base, like even exercise, super basic, right? What you need to do to progress is actually need to go take courses, 
You need a mentor to guide you who has a lot of different experiences and actually show you what tools you need in your toolbox to be able to be the best clinician or the best clinician for your patients. So okay. let me, uh, so in terms of, let, let's say you're telling them about mentorship. Yep. Do you encourage them to actually go and speak with the seasoned veterans there and, and prove that they're worthy of the mentorship kind of thing instead well, of just expecting it comes to you? Like well, you want to be develop, proactive? We develop mentorship programs. So yeah. we actually have our leadership team who are going to be mentoring our clinicians because I know it's something that they need yeah. to be able to get to where they want to be, whether it's professionally and or financially, right? They're going to be able to guide them how to do like their skills, caseload building and so on. So we actually, like I put in place the things that we're missing and I try to incorporate that into our team. And that's, of course, mentorship's a big one, but also like culture. Culture is so important, right? To keep people on board. And culture is, is a big term that's thrown out there. Like what is culture, right? And culture can be, while well, you're doing team events, but it's much more than that, right? It's actually like, do people fit your values? And the way that we actually hire now and onboard is, we need to find people that not only fit our organization and fit our other team members, but do we fit them, right? Because the point is not to fill roles anymore, right? At, at least now, right? Before yeah. when I was starting off, at the start, you were a little bit more desperate. You wanted to get people on board. But from those experiences, I've learned a lot. Whereas you just don't want to fill roles because it can actually be very toxic if you're not getting the right people in the right places, right? And the way to grow is that you need good leaders in place. That's a fact. But the way to do that is that you need to, create opportunities for people. And this is where development and growth is like, like my role, for example, is to make sure that I'm always strategizing to make sure there's always room for growth and development. So my staff members and my team members always have opportunities to go further and further and further. Right. Or if I just stop and I'm saying I'm done here, well then everyone else will become stagnant as well. And then that's where you, you find turnover will happen. Cause you do have some individuals who want more, right? Some want to be more than, physiotherapists or chiropractors. They want to grow more. They want to be leaders. But if you don't give that room for them to grow or a pathway to grow, you'll find that's when people start to jump around or people don't get the mentorship they want. I'm going to go somewhere else that gives it to me. It's not always about financial. There's usually other things that take people away, right? If they're not I agree happy with you. And so on. I agree with you. You know what? Anybody that has, a, has staff that wants to be in leadership position and is eager to learn and willing to put in the grind and the time, and you don't allow them to grow and excel, you're a sad business and you're a sad employer or a sad boss. Yeah, because it's very rare, man, that you have somebody that has a real drive and wants to be able to go the long way. Like as an example, I really believe in entrepreneurs sure. that build divisions for you in the company. Absolutely. You know and what I mean? create so, new things, right? There's absolutely. new projects, new things that come in. Like this is why we brought on also so many services. Yeah. It's also because... We know that one thing can't fix everyone, so we brought in other services, but then you bring in good people that lead those services. Absolutely. Right? And they're going to be the ones that coach the other ones. Like, I can't go and coach, like, a chiropractor or a massage therapist. You know, I actually I thought they were all the same shit at some point, eh? Well, you know what? A lot of things do overlap. Don't get it wrong. But what you start to learn as, like, uh, what makes me a great physio, I'm maybe not the greatest anymore because I don't practice as much you're anymore. You're just a business guy. <laughs> Stop talking about you're doing physiotherapy. You haven't done it in three years. <laughs> It's so true. My old patient probably say the same, but yeah, I'm telling you. Um, what you start to learn is that not one thing can treat everything. And if we could, it would have been so easy because everyone come to us, we could fix everything. We start to find that different people need different approaches, right? So for example, physio, I may go a little bit more aggressive on treating someone's low back. I may do some needling, manual therapy, maybe a manipulation, but actually for that person, based on their personality, maybe they're more caring and giving. 
they actually may need a more softer approach. Maybe osteopath, a more gentler approach will help them. And we found that that does work. Or maybe there's something else going on rather than physical. Maybe they're a little bit anxious. Maybe they have depression going on and it's just giving them physical symptoms, but that's actually going on. And that's, that's a barrier. And that's why we brought on those other services as well. Do you feel like you see a lot of mental health problems in that industry? A lot more. I patients? say a lot more now, but also like it's hard to say because I'm more aware now because I've been working in it a little bit more. I have psychotherapists part of the team now to have a better understanding of it. And, they, and I, even my team, my psychotherapists have taught me a lot. So you start to know, like you start to be a little bit more apathetic, like really? apathetic towards and so on. Because there are a lot of people going through different things. And look at our economy now. There's a lot of things going on with a lot of different people. And the way to address everything, you got to address the human body as one, right? There's no difference between my mental health or my physical health. And we talk a lot about physical fitness, but we never really talk about mental fitness. And this is something we want to incorporate in health to, to optimize our health. And so what would best. you tell your patients that are going through there? That's very interesting that you get. So you're saying they've always been there. Now you just see the symptoms and the signs. Yeah. And once you have a better understanding of it, you can address it. But again, it goes outside of our scope as like whether we're physios, chiros and so on. You want to bring in those professionals like psychotherapists and maybe even you need to bring on a physician or so on to address it. But if patients are aware of it, they're more willing and open to talk about it. Right. Of course, there's still it that stigma, right? People don't want to talk to someone. They're fearful to talk to someone. They think it's uh, maybe. It makes you look weak. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, if you actually even think it from an entrepreneur perspective, all these big CEOs in the world, they have mental coaches as well that motivate them to be the best that they can be. That's 100%. Right? So it's like, we just look at it the wrong way, but you can also want to improve your mental fitness. Like, say mental fitness, because you can work it, you can improve on it, but you have to be willing to, to listen and talk to people and address it. I absolutely it, agree. Right? So, yeah, it's, it's big out there, and things are changing, and I'm hoping that like what we're trying to do as a healthcare company, try to be the best healthcare brand, but bring all the services under one umbrella so we can really help people get to where Vitality they will be number one. Don't worry. Number one. I got faith in you. You're no longer a physiotherapist. Yeah, you're yeah, a business that's, guy. Uh, that's out now. <laughs> so what's your, so define your role in your brother's role. Yeah. So I'm the There's chief no executive you, officer. Okay. Right. So I focus. You're the more what? Sorry. Chief executive officer. Oh, he said the whole thing. Yeah, I know. I you know, know, you're special when he's just not saying CEO, <laughs> right? Um, I focus more on strategic growth, uh, bringing on new services, I'm still part of a big part of the marketing, so almost like a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. That's cool. <laughs> and, like that uh, uses abbreviations, eh? And then really, like, I'm still a big part of recruitment because it's more that I want to inspire people to show what we're trying to do That's amazing. from our vision, right? And it's we want to be different than other brands or other healthcare companies. We do want to bring something different, but to be able to motivate people to get there. And the big word is, like, motivate, right? It's We I have to have a motivation. motive. Right, to get them to work towards something. It's not all about just inspiration. Right? You have to get them to actually believe in something to work towards something. This isn't something that you learned in school. So where did you acquire all this knowledge? Absolutely. Like even myself, I had coaches. Like uh, did you hire I, them? I hired them. Yeah, I hired them. I had a, a vitality was growing. It was growing on its own, but I wanted to be better. I wanted to be able to understand what I need to bring in to make sure my team was happy, to make sure that we're growing sustainably. And making sure we weren't losing quality with growth. Because that tends to happen a lot of time. You sacrifice quality for growth, right? You want to grow, grow, grow. Just bring on anybody, hire a bunch of people and so on. These coaches help me actually operate, right? Put in operations, put in culture tactics and all these different things to make sure that when we we're growing, we weren't losing culture and, of course, quality of service. You're a fucking legend. When did you think about coaching? 
You know, a lot of people don't do that, right? They think they're too, the ego yeah. gets in the way. And people are worried about cost too. People don't want to invest in it. I call it an investment rather than an expense. A hundred percent. It was really, I started thinking about it like literally six months in. I, even the coaches I went to initially, they were like, you're still early. Like you're growing. Like, why do you need a coach? I'm like, well, I'm, what I've learned right now is everything from books. But the thing is, books are, again, kind of like theory, but how do I like apply these things? That's I want right. to learn how to apply and I want people who are experienced. And the coaches I had were actually guys who started PT Health. So they were a big company. They sold off and they had hundreds of clinics. So they had tons of experience. So I'm like, I need experience. I need to learn to avoid all the mistakes. And I want to avoid like losing people. And I don't want to be selling this dream that I can't follow through on. Right? That's so the huge. Coaches help me with that. And of course, books. Like I listen to books. I listen to podcasts a lot. And you better be listening to the monarchy movement. Eh? Oh yeah, for sure. Come on, absolutely. We're dying absolutely. <laughs> uh, and that's where did you exactly find those it. guys? Like, so then uh, I'm researching. I was looking through. I was looking online. Like, I think one thing people need to know, like, to grow, you need to you need to put in effort. You need to problem. put in work, right? And I think there's this. I just saw Dr. Josh Funk actually post something about this recently. He's on Instagram. He's a, he's a physical therapist in the state who has a lot of clinics. But there's this negative connotation towards grind, right? And I think we're, right. maybe, we're similar. Maybe we were brought up with hard work and so on. And, and now social media puts this negative thing on grind and so on. And, you know, people want work-life balance, which is fine. I get it. But you got to remember, if you don't put in hard work, how are you really going to achieve your goals and your dreams, right? Like this whole thing on social media where, like, I work less, but I get more. Is maybe what one percent of people on social I'm gonna media that do that? I'm going to something controversial right now. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Majority of everybody that tells me about work-life balance are the ones that are lazy. Yeah, absolutely. And and people don't want to hear that, but I'm going to no, tell them flat out. Absolutely, you're the ones that are lazy. It's don't tell me you want a Ferrari, but you're not willing to. It's like you want to be able to not. You want to be able to buy anything without looking at the price tag, but you keep looking at the clock. Exactly. How are you going to achieve that? You know what I mean? And it's, and at the end of the day, it's hard work that gets you there. Like for my side, I always say everyone has Apple phones or Androids and you love Apple, but you think Steve Jobs didn't work hard to get to that point to grow that brand or that organization to get a product that you love. It's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of sacrifice. Like how many times do I sacrifice? Like when I first started, I was working five days a week. I was my own. I was a physio by myself. I had one receptionist. I was working five to six days, 12 to 13 hours a day. Yeah. Right, just to get the organization off the ground to be able to, to make sure that we can grow and we can afford rent and so on, but then to be able to grow this organization and, and investments in the background to put all these operations in place, culture, you know, recruitment, all these things in place took a lot of time and effort, and it's hard work and it's and it's hard to say to people sometimes, but hard work means a lot of sacrifice. Some is sacrificing things with your friends, with your families. On the weekends, you stay home, you work on things for yourself. You need to work on yourself and set goals to be able to achieve it. And then the other thing with goals, like a lot of people do do this and a lot of people do this at the start of the year. Oh, I'm going to set goals for the year. Yeah. That's great. Sure. But what are you actually writing down afterwards? Like what do you have to do on a day-to-day basis, a weekly basis, An a actual monthly action basis? Plan. Exactly. To execute and get there. 100% of the thing is execution. I can say I want a, a, a massive home, $2 million home. But if I don't actually put things in place on how I'm going to get there, well, I know I need to work this much. I know I need to grow my organization to this. I know to bring on this many staff members. I know I need my staff to be great leaders. You have to make sure you achieve all those small goals to be able to get to your larger goal. I love what you're saying because a lot of what social media nowadays is preaching is the get rich quick scheme. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't work. Yeah. 
It really doesn't work. Everybody thinks it works, but it doesn't work. Absolutely. So the fact that you're going, because people don't understand there's so much expenses in terms of you got to put money into the renovations. 100%. You have to make it look appealing. You got to make it, you have to get the best of the best equipment. Yep. You got to pay for your rent and you got to pay for all the, the yeah. systems expenses. Invest back into the team. There's So they look at it like you did it. It was easy, yeah. but they don't see you make it look easy, but they don't, they only see the tip of the iceberg. They don't see what's underneath. Yeah. You know, when people want to start a business, they always think of entrepreneurs like it's all, uh, it's all rainbows and unicorns. I'm so sick and tired of that you know? at this point. It's uh, all you work for yourself. You can take a vacation anytime you want. You, you're the boss to do what you want. Just come out, come with us. It's like, well, you know, if I'm not putting in the work, who's going to help this get to where it needs to be, right? Like I'm the first one there and the last one that leaves. Even if we do team events, I'm always first and I'm always the last one to leave. Like, and I don't need to be at those things, but I be there to show presence for my team that I'm here with them no matter what. Like, can and I ask you one question? Why yeah. the hell does everybody want to retire so early? Yeah. I, I honestly know. enjoy growth, meeting new people doing new things experiencing new adventures in my in my company everyone just talks about retiring at 30 like why would you even want to retire what are you going to do for 70 years it's i think it's it's social media right like people use this word work-life balance right and we're talking about that and i think work-life balance indicates that you're two separate people you have my work person and i have my separate home and my personal person but really what needs to be is work-life integration and once you start to understand that you make your work life part of who you are and make your work by like scheduling things and actually organizing things and being prepared, you start to feel, you take away that sense of burnout. You take away that sense of, oh, I'm doing so much, but I'm getting nothing out of it. You got to tie them together. Like if I separated my work life from my family life, well, then I'm not going to answer a bunch of messages. I'm not going to answer emails. And then when I go back and do have to do it, I'm going to feel overly strained. I'm going to feel overwhelmed. And then it's going to make me feel even worse about myself. I'm literally patenting what you just said, that work-life integration. Yeah, it's, it's you heard it here first, guys. If Andrew tries to take that word back, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you some new pieces to work I with. Lo- you know what? That's great advice that you're leaving with people because a lot of people don't understand what it really takes. At this point, I'm sick and tired of the word entrepreneur. Yeah. Anybody can open up a Shopify store for 500 bucks and say, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. But it, what's yeah. behind that? Do you have any experience? How long have you been doing this for? Did you even go through the whole range of emotions? Yeah. Because you know how it is in business. You literally go through every wave of emotion in business. Absolutely. And then, but when you actually went down to the bottom, did you stay there? Did no. you give up? Did you get defeated? You can't be an entrepreneur in a month. And that's exactly, you know what I mean? and you're exactly right. Like everyone thinks it's so great, but really like if I can go back and tell some people, I, you know, I would do it again because that's my personality. But Love it. the thing is, there's a lot of nights where the things come up and, you know, I lose sleep that night. I'm thinking about it. And, you know, sometimes my day is ruined by a message in the morning, by something that occurs and, it's not as great as everyone thinks it is, right? Yeah. But if you're trying to build something for, like, if you have your true why and you're, you're following through on that dream, absolutely. But if you you're go. doing it because I want to work for myself, I feel like I get all the benefits of entrepreneur um, and I get to do what I want with it, that's actually the worst way to go into it because you're going to start to, you're going to realize real soon when the real world happens that I have a ton of expenses, I have a ton of emotions to deal with, a lot of, a lot of shit happens. A lot of negative things happens, but, and there's a lot of stress tied to it. But I think the way as an entrepreneur, you have to address stress is the way you perceive stress, right? So when something comes in, how do I act out of emotion? That's right. Do I act like, oh, this is a negative to ruin my day? If I did that, my day would be ruined every day. My wife would hate me and everything. But the way I'd look at it is like, okay, well, you know what? Whatever happens, happen. I'm going to address it. 
no emotion to it, and I'm just going to move forward. What's the solution? That's right. Right? Because now, now my role is purely solutions. Yeah, solution. Whatever driven. happens, happens. It was going to happen. Let's find a solution, and let's move forward together. I love team. it. Right? And let's just learn from that experience. I feel, you know, something I learned in life is it's very easy for you to, if something goes wrong, it's easy to condemn and to blame. Than to actually understand where the other person is and to analyze and go from there. And it's very easy for them to just shift the blame. Yeah. The actual best way to go about it, and there's actually research is done where and give people learn better from praise than through the hammer. You know what I mean? Yep. So I try to implement that in my daily life too. Let me ask you this since you are married. I already saw the ring before you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when you first started the clinics, how much of a strain did it take on your marriage in terms of time and so- stress and yeah, I was, so at that time, we were dating at that time when I started, so it was 2017 uh, when we started, and uh, she was in Toronto, actually, because I moved back to Ottawa. I'm like, I'm going to start this in Ottawa, my hometown, all my friends and family. There you go. Um, so it was a huge train. So like I said, I was doing those five, six days a week, those 12 hours. So actually what I would do after that is I'd drive to Toronto, go see her for like a day, maybe, maybe a day and a half, drive back Monday morning and start back. But the thing is, I wouldn't be able to call her, text her throughout my day because I was back to back, super busy. And it did take a strain, actually. Like, uh, at some point, I'm like, are we actually going to get through this? Like, am I actually going to marry her? Like, what's going to happen? Like, it's, it's just so busy and my mind was so on work. But you know what? I got to give it to my wife that she understood, right? And, I, and, and trooper, maybe a lot of people wouldn't, but she understood what I was trying to do and I explained to her what I wanted to do. And I told her, I want to be the best physio. I'm going to create the best company. And she believed in it. She followed through with it. And even till now, you know, she sacrifices probably so much. Like she does a lot for my son, take care of him. But she takes those sacrifices to make sure I can do what I can do to support the family as well. I love it. And and same vice versa, right? So it was a strain. And like I said, sacrifices. That was the big thing I gave up. Like I sacrificed time with friends and even family, right? Just to, to make sure I can push forward and continue to grow. And I think I took a lot of that again from like books, like, I learned that you had to give up some things in the short term to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. And I found it so worth it. And a lot of people want this short-term satisfaction or this dopamine release. Right? Yeah. And I hear all about it. I want to shop. I want to buy this thing online. Or I want to go on this quick vacation. I want to do this. And they all want to do that as they're trying to do other things. But it's very hard to say, I want to grow. Yeah, I'm spending all these expenses. I'm not really focusing on the most important things which is maybe my professional career or my professionalism or whatever you want to call it. So it's once you start to understand how to separate and be like, look, I need to focus on me. I really need to like get my head down. I need to set my goals set how I'm going to get there. But I know along that way, there's going to be sacrifices when I start. But then you start to realize like, I know these sacrifices are going to be worth it because now I can take a vacation and I can go and enjoy it. And so there you on. go. And I have leaders in place who I trust and I trust with the organization I know that if I'm not there, they can take hold of it and make sure they can control everything as well. That's amazing. That's literally, that's a true business. Yeah. You know, what's very interesting is a lot of people like to share their ideas. I did this whole lion's talk about it. Yeah. But what people don't really understand is whenever you're sharing your ideas, your brain is actually releasing dopamine. Yep. As if you've actually done what you've said you're going to do. Yep. So that's why I do some coaching, business coaching. I have some mentees and I keep telling them the same thing. Stop telling people about your ideas. Absolutely. I had this whole segment about it where I was saying how is it conducive to what you're trying to do. But for me, the actual biggest factor is the fact that it releases the dopamine as if you've already done it. Absolutely. You know, so that's why my big things is move in silence, stay humble, stay focused. Those are the three tenets I go by. That was always my thing. Like I always like even now I have like close, close friends and like family and 
nothing I do, if something's new that's coming out that I'm working on, I will not talk about it until it's ready. What did your dad do? I have to ask. My dad's an aeronautical engineer. Jeez. Yeah. That's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's doing, he's doing a lot of things. So, you know, my whole life has been always about like hard work, education, you know, our, our culture was always about that. And uh, luckily he ingrained it in me and I, you know, I, I, I love him for that. And, you know, it's brought me up to the man who I am today. And really it's allowed me to continue to push and drive because that hard work was always part of what I did, right? Even when I was growing up, my, my dad was always like, you need to work hard. You need to work hard. You need to work hard. Love it. And they worked hard. My parents both came from Egypt, right? And they didn't work hard to give me what I had and the opportunities I had. I would have not been able to do this. And I'm doing the exact same thing now for my son and my wife. I want to be able to work as hard as I can now. So yes, I can maybe, I don't know if I'll retire earlier because I actually love working. To have work life. See, that's what I was integration. Don't yeah. say that again. Yeah, I already yeah, passed yeah. that. <laughs> Call my lawyer right now. We're suing this guy. Uh, so it's. I'll say it for your work life integration. Exactly. No yes. Thank you. No I'll problem. give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Expect to hear in all your coaching calls. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Don't worry. I'll even. I'll zoom. I'll zoom record the thing. Exactly. For you. Perfect. Uh, so yeah. So it's always been ingrained, and you know, I try to bring that on to the. It's now with the team, you always got to be careful with it, how much you talk about hard work. But I try to ingrain that like hard work will get you to reach your goals. And that's when you actually get the happiness. Whereas if you're not working towards anything, you become very stagnant. And that's when you start to think a lot. Like, what am I doing? Am I in the right place? We start to want to blame other things rather than just your progression. Right. I agree with you. I don't I don't think every staff member is gonna want to be part of leadership, which is okay. No, absolutely. Some and are some, happy. Yeah. And, and uh, that's those, okay. Do you, you need every single role to be played? So no, I agree with you. Not everybody absolutely. wants to take your role and own the business and take it. No, and, and, and honestly, it's even just people who want to grow like just personally, right? And just even in the sense of like taking care of their health and so on, right? But you're always working towards bettering yourself, right? It doesn't always have to be professionally. Because not again, some people don't want it. People just want to travel more and everything. That's okay. That's okay. Right? That's really as long as you're problem. happy, right? Yeah. And the whole thing is. But to be happy, even your day-to-day work, it still should be integrated with what you do because you are the same person, right? So whether you're integrating and still working on yourself, that's okay, right? Um, yeah, but, a lot of people develop from their place of work too. Well, you're there. When you think about it, you're there the majority of your life, huh? right? You're actually working more than you're yeah. at home. Um, and it doesn't really change much unless you're like that 1% of people on social media who get those get rich schemes, you know, I, I'm telling you, I tell all, I tell everybody, listen, I don't expect you to want to live the life I live, whatever yeah. the life that you want to live, live it. If you want to live my life and know how to get there too, we'll be yeah. able to walk you through it. Exactly. But I don't, but in the end of the day, if you have too many, you can't have everybody as an entrepreneur anyways, that's successful. No, no. And, and trust you me, need the staff, you need people to be able to help build your dream with you anyways. Absolutely. And yeah. even from an entrepreneur, I think it's more about like people who just want to lead, right? Those people want to just have something more and believe in something more and work towards something. Yeah. And I think when you actually work towards something, you feel like you're part of it, yeah. right? Because you are truly are part of it, right? Um, yeah, but that's not that's not for everyone and that's okay. Right? I, I, I love that. Yeah. I'm a visionary. That's the way I look at it, right? I'm yeah. a visionary. I, I, one of my biggest things is everyone keeps talking about entrepreneurs in the bag and whatever. What about the people building your, your dream? Absolutely. So I put a lot of emphasis on the people that are building my dream. Well, they're the lifeline, right? A hundred percent. Forget about that. It's not all about the people at the top making decisions. It's actually every single piece. And I always like to think of, think of like Formula One, right? A race car. 
You're right? a typical guy, eh? Sports, <laughs> Formula One, work-life integration. It connects with me. It I love it, man. Me. I love it. Your dad but, did a good job. <laughs> That's crazy. But it's just like, think of it, a race car, right? Like, it's not the driver that wins the race. Actually, every single person on that team, even from the guys that change the tires, they have such an important role to make sure that team wins. Buddy, I thought you were going, it's the car. And I'm like, this guy just started the biggest controversy. The Grand Prix is shutting down yeah, this year. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Even as a, one of my biggest things we talk about all the time is having a strong male figure yep. or a father figure in your life. Because moms turns kids to boys. Dads turn boys to men. You know what I mean? And that's a very big thing. How many kids do you have, by the way? I have one. Yeah, he's uh he's eight months. Look, he's look at the, he's glowing now yeah, as soon as it yeah, brings up his kid. Uh, it's What's amazing his name? to see. His name's Victor. Beautiful name, man. Yeah, he changes literally every week. He's changing, but I'm uh, I'm thankful to be able to part be part of it. You know, work a little bit oh, more from home to see it happen. Uh, but yeah, truly a blessing. See, that's why I was asking about the sacrifices. At some point, I worked so much, my son didn't recognize me anywhere. Yeah, I, I worked I seven days that. a week for three years straight, doing sixteen hour days. My son didn't recognize me. I have to say I've been lucky. I've been blessed to start everything before that point, before I got married and everything kind of ramped up. Like even by the time we were married, it was like, what, 2020. So we we're already three years down the line. So at that point, we were already up to three clinics. Uh, so things were growing fairly quickly. And I got yeah. to that point where I put in all that hard work at the start. So now still working long hours and so on, but it's a little bit more controlled now. And I've learned how to manage my time and everything. I still even to this day like there's still days i'm gone all day and you know you, you miss the whole day with them and you almost feel guilty right but at the same time you know like and i always put in my mind everything i'm doing i'm doing for them right and you know what in a week or in, in two months or in a month we're gonna take a vacation and i'm gonna make sure i'm present throughout that whole vacation with them so i can spend that time with them. absolutely man right? we're gonna test some of your therapy knowledge okay let's, let's give the guys some free game yeah <laughs> people nowadays a lot of them are working from home in an office yep Right. Let's give them some free game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Posture. What should they do? You know, working long hours, sitting down. What would you recommend, Mr. Therapy? Yeah. The most important thing, of course, with uh, people working from home is is actually making sure you're getting up and moving. Right. Like a lot of people will work seven, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. I'll get hours you a guinea pig desk. right now if you want to demonstrate. Eh? Absolutely. I'm good to show anything. I give free Shiny advice. Boy. <laughs> We're using a guinea pig, man. We're giving for some All free right. game here. He's lucky he's sitting behind me. I wouldn't <laughs> watch his posture the whole time. I would have been commenting on it the whole time. Posture, so. Let's fix this guy here. All right. So All right. fix this guy for me. Fix me. Tell me, like uh, your desk. Have you ever thought of like ergonomics or anything about that? Um, yeah, like I've thought about a standing desk, especially being like a taller guy. Um, it puts a lot more strain on my back. I find myself like hunching over a lot, like trying to look at the screen. So yeah, like definitely thinking about the ergonomics for sure. Yeah. So I think the the most important thing is there's actually multiple pieces to this, right? So people who sit at their desk for long periods of time who are working from home, the biggest things that are going to bother you are your neck and your low back. Yeah. Right. And it's usually because we're in a sitting position. As humans, we were made to move, right? We're meant to be up. Right? Think of like hunter-gatherer. We're meant to be moving throughout our whole day. But we actually look at it now. We wake up in the morning. The first thing we do is when we will have breakfast, we'll sit down and have a coffee. The next thing you do, you prep, you go to your desk, you're sitting down there and you'll sit down for maybe massive blocks, maybe like two to three hours to four hours. Maybe some people sit the whole day there. They just eat at the desk as well. Yeah. That whole thing of like, bring your food to your desk, right? David Goggins doesn't do that. You lose track of time and like you're at home, you can eat whatever you want. Like you're in your safe place, right? Exactly. But the thing people forget is that, well, we actually need to move. So I think the first tip I'd give is when you're sitting is actually every like 30 minutes to an hour, 
set a time to just get up even for a couple of seconds just to get moving yeah right because the more movement you get you're gonna have increased blood flow around the body increased oxygenation around the body but also you're gonna find that you're putting again less stress on your low back your neck right so yeah. i think that's the first thing the other thing is people bring these massive bottles of water everyone's buying these massive bottles of water drink my full water throughout the day and they bring it to their desk but the negative thing to that is that, well, then if you bring this massive bottle of water to your desk, all you're going to be doing is sitting there the whole day and you'll be drinking this water, which is great for a water yeah. perspective. But it's actually better, like, why don't you just bring a small cup of water with you? And every time you need water, you need to get up, fill it up and come back down. Smart. But then you're actually getting up more often throughout your day rather than just sitting there and drinking all your water. Or same with people who just bring their food to their table. Forget snacking everything at your table. Make sure you get up and take those little snacks. So that little bit of break can allow you to get up more often. Yeah, right? and we need movement, right? More movement, less stress on the body. Exactly. Oh, stretches. Absolutely. So stressors. So the biggest thing that you find for desk workers, hunched over. So shortened pecs. Pecs will get tight. Extra strain on the neck because you're leaning forward, so you're gonna feel your neck's getting tight as well. Yeah. Some things people like to do: doorway stretch for your pecs. You can stand up, go in the doorway, hold those. You can do it for thirty seconds to a minute. Repeat it three to four times. Yeah. Then after that, what you want to do is on the ground or even standing, you could do something called cobras or standing cobras, which is where you're actually leaning against the wall and you're like moving backwards. Don't worry, anybody listen to this that want, I can send them a copy <laughs> of these things. But that's going to help with your low back, right. right? And then core strength is actually so important because a lot of time people sit up in these perfect postures, right? But there's actually no such thing as perfect posture because actually if you hold yourself up, you're working really, really hard as well. So you actually need to build core strength and you actually need to build some back strength so doing regular exercise for your backs, like rows, right? You can do even some core work. So planks are going to be really, really good. And that's going to help you hold your posture up without having to work so hard doing it. Because imagine if I sit up like this, I can guarantee you in like 15 to 30 seconds, you're going to see me doing this after. Just going to a sink position. Yeah. Right? Because we don't have the endurance to actually hold ourselves up for that long. I, I right? agree with you 100%. What was that name of that challenge? It's called the Better Me Challenge, 28 Days or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you actually observed the Better Me, the calisthenics challenge? No, I actually haven't. And there goes the questions. Yeah. I was going to ask, well, obviously you deal with calisthenics. Yep. What's your opinion on that? Well, to be Compared honest. Compared to weightlifting. To be honest, there's a benefit to everything. I don't see there's actually any negative to movement, right? Like movement is a key to like, I'll say like longevity, right? Because any type of movement, it doesn't matter what type of movement, as long as it's controlled, you're actually improving your health, whether it's strength, whether it's flexibility, mobility, and so on. So movement's actually the key. It doesn't matter what you do. Even if you're getting up and walking, I'd rather someone get up and walk and only do walking than just sit every day. Because you got to remember, after these long days of sitting, we typically, what do we have? We have Netflix, all these subscription services. Oh, I can't talk shit about Netflix up. right now. You know, that's no. you kick back, smoke a shisha. But that's what I mean. But the thing is, everyone's sitting. So you think your whole day for like 10 to 12 hours, you're sitting, then you go and you lie in bed. So when do you actually move? And if you actually calculate that over a week, a month, a year of how much time you're actually sedentary, it's almost shocking, right? And then you wonder why am I why am I so stiff? Why am I sore? Why am I gaining weight? Right? Sneaks you up hear on all you. these same yeah. things. And why do I feel down? Why do I feel a little bit depressed? Like even though I'm getting up and going out in front of the sun, your mood and your emotions can change. The important thing is actually getting up and getting out. And you got to remember, for us in Canada, like winters actually affect us. What are they called? The winter blues? Yeah. yeah. And it's exactly that. Like we should be in the winter. Like if we can get out, go for a walk in the sun. I know it's cold, but when we protect ourselves from always the cold, we hate it more. Right. It's like, oh, I can't tolerate the cold. So I jump in from my outside to my car, 
into another house. I never sit outside, right? So we never adapt. So Yeah, you bastards. So get a cold plunge going. Exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does your posture have a direct correlation with your mood and I guess your your mood and I guess maybe like your outlook on life? It's hard to say like pure evidence on it, right? But just think about this. Like look at it from people who are confident to people who are not confident. Just look how they hold their posture. Confident person is going to stick up with their chest out, head up high. Or someone who's a little bit less confident, a little less social, or actually going to be a little bit more slouch, head down. Can I say there's evidence on this? I'm not sure really. But you can definitely see it in the day-to-day. So someone who's down, most likely their posture might be. Mm-hmm. But I can't guarantee that. But there are ways in mood that will affect you. Because people in their mood are a little bit more down. They'll still slouch down. They'll want to lie down more, sleep more often, and so on. So... I think it's just understanding and being aware of how you feel and then connecting that with, well, how do I, what's my posture look like now? What am I doing actually on a day to day? Um, And you can address it to your personal level. Cause I think, think about this from business. We analyze scoreboards. We analyze numbers every single day. We want to look at how we can improve those numbers and those operations all the time. So I know I need to do this and do this to improve. But when it comes to our health, we actually don't really analyze much. Right. All we do is I take a bunch of these vitamins. I don't actually know if it's changing anything in me. I feel better, but it could be just me mentally because I'm taking my vitamins. It makes me feel better. Placebo, yeah. But I'm not actually looking at my blood work. Am I actually improving my blood work? Am I actually looking and measuring my strength? A lot of people go to the gym. They work out. They don't actually write down what they do. And if they're improving, are they actually, actually increasing the weight the next time they go? They just go with the flow. I go to the gym. I create this random workout program that I know on the top of my head. (laughs) But I just I, did that today. I was just thinking about it I'm today. Good, don't get me I'm wrong. Like, am I even doing more? Am I doing the same <laughs> shit every single time? Repetition. Absolutely. And I'm guilty of it as well. But the thing is, we don't take our health as other things. We analyze so many other things. We analyze our bills. We analyze our finances. But we never truly analyze our health and be like, how do I want to optimize my health? Just like anything else. And when you actually write it down and do it, you see the differences and you see the changes. And not only do you physically feel better, you mentally feel better. I agree with you. I feel like, you know what, when it comes to confidence... It comes to posture, like you were talking about, sh- shoulders back, head held high. I feel like there's a multitude of factors. Yeah. A, I always tell everybody, you know, you want to dress to impress, right? Feel good about yourself. Hygiene, smell nice, clean <laughs> haircut. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get a haircut every week. Yeah. I won't lie to you. Let's say you look fresh today. I appreciate it. Right? I only did it for you, right? so I can steal your word. You should have told me. Work-life integration. Oh, my yeah. God, man. Work-life integration. Yeah. But see, I always think it's a multitude of factors. So when you, on top of that, you go to the gym, you feel good, you have the endorphins coming out, you feel stronger, you eat clean, you're feeling like your gut health is huge. Oh, for sure. Absolutely massive. You put all these together. And you got yourself an Andrew T, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. at that That's point, you're, you're, you're actually a superhuman. Yeah, right? yeah. Same agree. thing for work and your family life. You want to be able to perform your best for them. Like even like, let's say you're kids. If I have my son playing, but I feel terrible. Think how I am going to be engaging with him and so on. But if I feel great, I feel energized, I feel strong, I feel confident. I'm going to be engaging with him so much more in that activity or the things we do together. I'm going to be so much more present. Yeah, right? absolutely. And same for my team. I can't be present for my team and helping them and performing my best unless I'm taking care of myself first, right? Or I'm going to be there. I'm going to be down. I'm going to be negative. And people pick that up really quick, whether yep. you're actually showing it or not, right? Let's talk about vitality for a second. Yeah. Because so, we're running out of time. We're going to have to yeah, wrap that sure. up. So are you right now, you're hiring on more staff? Are you looking for more staff? Yep. So we just hired uh, three more people. 
So we're currently at uh, we're currently at seventy two staff members, I believe, but we're constantly growing. We have a new clinic coming, so we're gonna be hiring more for there. Like our goal is, don't get me wrong, we don't just hire just to grow. We make sure, especially when it comes to clinicians, we make sure our clinicians are at the point where they are like close to fully booked before we start to bring on new staff members so we can take on. Because that was going to be my question. Why should they come work for Vitality and nowhere else? Yeah, absolutely. What's Vitality doing that's so innovative? I always ask, like, what's their, like, I always ask, like, and I meet people. I go for coffees all the time, whether we're hiring or not to meet people, right? And my biggest thing is that I really want to understand what people's goals are and what's their why. What are they trying to do, right? And a lot of, like, whether they're new graduates or so on, they want to create something different. They want to change. They want to really truly help people. But you find, like I said, in the industry, a lot of the industry, it's changing now, but a lot of the industry, when I started and started to open the clinic, it was still very old school. You were just running through it. You weren't really growing, developing. You just felt like you're going through the motions. Well, if I tell you what we're trying to do is create that different experience and it's different experience for our patients, but also our staff. That includes like we do team events. We just did, it's funny you said cold plunge, but we just did the Sunday, did a cold plunge and sauna experience for our team. Where's right? my invitation? I know. I, know. <laughs> I live right in Riverside South, buddy. I, I did. Come, come on, man. There's a spot right beside Next me. Next time, we'll do something in the spring again. I'm talking, we'll use that work-life integration <laughs> word again. Watch what I do. But it's exactly going to that. So what we're trying to do is really create that different experience for our patients and really show that we are the best health brand out there, right? And we continue to improve and continue to innovate our services as much as we can to, to provide that best quality of care. I appreciate your time, man. Thank Anybody you. want to go see it. a... He's, he's, not a, he's not a physiotherapist, guys. <laughs> Let's cut the shit right here. He's a businessman, but he does fantastic business. Come see the team. The team is amazing. Yeah, take care please of you. do. You know, if you're going to go to him, you're going to look for a job. Other than you're not going to get no physiotherapy out of him. We're going to put <laughs> the links. Fantastic place. Actually, my family has used your services. Funny enough, I just never said that. Yeah, because I didn't want to show there's no biasism. Amazing. You know what I mean? So we're going to put his stuff in the his link in the description. You need physiotherapists. Go check them out. If you're obviously looking for a career, also go check them out. It was Absolutely. a pleasure. If you like what you saw today, please like, share, and subscribe. We want to make sure it's seen to everybody, even your mailmen, even your milkmen. <laughs> even though they don't exist anymore, we'll take make them. Make <laughs> them. Until next time, guys. Thanks a lot.